Good morning, church. Man, it's good to see all of you here this morning with us. And uh, as you heard Pastor Quentin mention at the beginning of our time together here this morning, we are in week two of our series, Necessary Sins. Uh, My name is Brian. I'm the teaching pastor here at Fusion City Church. And I have the opportunity, the honor, and the privilege of of communicating uh, for for week two of this series. So I'm I'm definitely glad to be here also. Now, kind of the whole premise or idea behind this thing, Necessary Sins, or this series is that for all of us, or at least on some level or at some point in our life, there has existed or does exist kind of these two different categories of, of sin, right? They're the things that are always wrong, like murder, rape, stealing, and there's probably, there's a long list, right? There's all these things that all of us would agree all the time are wrong and that nobody should do any of those things ever. Right, but then there's kind of this other little category, this little pocket of things that we know the Bible says a little bit about those, and we probably shouldn't do it, but I mean, come on. Like, everybody does it. It's kind of just a part of life, things that we need to kind of get along, and everybody does it, and I'm not even the worst of the ones that do it. And so, I mean, what's the big deal? I mean, can't we just lighten up a little bit, and can't we just kind of, you know, take a step back, and everybody just, hey, look, it's just going to happen. Let's just live life. Well, what we found out last week is that though our culture and the context in which we exist would probably say, hey, look, there's some stuff that's just, man, just let it go. Don't worry about it. It's no big deal. We found out last week that as it pertains to things like lying, even the little white lies that we might tell, that God has a pretty serious opinion when it comes to those things. And God hates when we lie. We talked about that last week. Well, there's actually a list of of several other things that God hates. And we're going to spend some time during this series talking about those things. Now, today is going to be a a very interesting day. I think it might be a, a little bit difficult for probably all of us in the room, or at least that's what I'm hearing. So here's what I need you to do. I need you to look at your neighbor, all right, preferably somebody you know, even if you don't, and say, this one's for you. Just look at them right now and tell them, like, this one, this has got your name all over it. Because today, what we're going to talk about is gossip. We're going to talk about gossip. Now, here's what you got to do. If you got some really juicy, like, nugget of info that you've been waiting to gossip with somebody, you need to go ahead and look at somebody right now. But I got to tell you this real quick, because if he has, because by the time he gets done with this message, I'm probably going to feel really guilty about it. I need to get, you got like 12 seconds. Ready and go. All right, and you're done. Like that, not wasn't quite 12, but I got to hurry, because I tend to go a little bit long, and I'm ready to get to lunch. So, all right, like... We, we all do it. Gossip is something that's just kind of a, a necessary part of life. Now, if you don't like my message today, then you can go to lunch and you can gossip about me. Like, he's like, hey, I don't, I don't know what he was thinking. I'll just, I just, right? You can, just go ahead. Because everybody tends to do it. We all participate in it. It feels like this necessary part of our life. Like, we hear something or whatever, and like, oh, boy, I can't wait to tell you what I heard. I just, and, and when somebody comes to us with that, we're like, oh yeah, tell me, because now I get to know a secret and I got some dirt. Like it's very appealing. And we'll talk about that a little bit later. 
But before we get into talking about what it is or what, or what we should do about it, let's talk a little bit about what gossip is. Now, look for a lot of different definitions, look like the kind of formal definitions and dictionary.com and Merriam-Webster. And I, I checked out all those, but probably the most workable or applicable or usable definition I found actually came from another pastor, probably one that a lot of you have heard of, named Rick Warren. He's got this real small church out in California. They got like 100,000 people or something. I mean, not, not really a big deal, just not really a whole lot going on out there. Um, but Pastor Rick Warren said this as it pertains to gossip. He said, when we're talking about a situation with somebody who is neither part of the problem nor part of the solution, then we're probably gossiping. I thought that was pretty true. Like if I'm talking to somebody about somebody else and neither of us are part of the problem, nor are we part of the solution, then there's a really good chance that we're gossiping. And so, so here's what I want us to do today. Now that we kind of know what it is, I want to see what God says about it. And we're going to look into his words. If you have your Bible, we're going to be in the book of Proverbs today. Now we're going to hit a lot of scriptures, but pro- primarily all of them are going to come out of the book of Proverbs. Now, if you're not a, if you weren't like a sword drill champion in 1988 like me, um, if you don't know what sword drill is, ask somebody that went to Sunday school. All right. Um, if you were looking for Proverbs and you got your Bible, all right, go right to the middle. That's Psalms. That's the book of Psalms. And then I hang a right one book and boom, you're in Proverbs. So really easy to find. Middle, hang a right one book, you're there. All right. So we're in Proverbs and we're going to be all over Proverbs today looking about what God says as pertains to gossip. Now, Proverbs written by, primarily written by a man named King Solomon. King Solomon was favored by God, asked God, or I'm sorry, God asked him, hey, how can I bless you? Solomon said, I would like to be wise. I wanna have wisdom. And God said, I'll do you one better. I'll make you the wisest person that's ever gonna live. And so that's who King Solomon was, other than Jesus, because he was God in the flesh, but King Solomon, the wisest person to ever walk the face of our planet, wrote the book of Proverbs. And so if he's the smartest person to ever live, we should probably listen to the things that he has to say. And this is what he says as it pertains to God's opinion of gossip. Proverbs chapter six, let's look at verse 16 first. It says, there are six things the Lord hates. No, seven things he detests. Now we said last week that the word detests means to make nauseous. All right, so it's like to, it makes God want to vomit. All right, these are the things that make God want to throw up. All right, very short list, seven things. If we skip down to verse 19, this is what we find. A false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord in a family. In other words, gossip. Anything that sows discord or that isn't true is gossip. And it's something that God hates. And and I kind of got to thinking, I mean, why would God hate? I mean, in in a list, pretty exclusive. I mean, there are seven things that God hates How does gossip, which is kind of a very specific thing, make it into a list of things that God hates if there are only really seven things that make God want to vomit? And and then I kind of came up with this. Here's why. Now, if you gossip about me and in in my profession and my line of work and what I do as a a pastor, it happens. (laughs) We we, we get talked about occasionally. Some things are true. Some things very, very, very not true. It, It just is what it is. You gossip about me and I find out about it, there's a real good chance you and I are still going to be able to be friends. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to forgive you because I'm a pastor. It's what I do. All right, like, I'm going to forgive you and we can be friends and we can go on. However, 
You talk about my kids, I'll punch in the mouth. I'm just, I'm just going to tell you. Like, I, you, you talk about me, and I might get upset, probably ain't going to come to blows. You talk about my children, it's a whole different story. And, and all the parents said, amen, right? Like, you don't, you, don't, you don't mess with the parents. Like, you don't mess with people's kids, right? Well, now, as we in the church view God as our heavenly father makes all of us his children and when we gossip or talk bad about or spread rumors about or tell lies about somebody else we're telling lies about God's children so why does gossip make it into a list of things that God hates because when you talk about somebody's children you make them mad and that's how God feels about gossip but here's the thing man it's everywhere and it's so enticing isn't it I mean come on I'll, I'll be honest with you I, 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 I'm tempt, gossip, I like it. I get, there's something sickeningly attractive, something horribly appealing to me about gossip. Here, here's what Solomon said, right? Wisest man ever to live. This is what he said, Proverbs 18, I'm sorry, Proverbs 18, verse 8. He said, rumors are dainty morsels. And they just sound delectable. That makes your mouth water a little bit. Mm, give, me, give me the rumors, right? Like, I guess they're dainty morsels that sink deep into one's heart. Man, we just, we want to do it, don't we? we? It's just, there's something about it that we, we want gossip. We want, we want to do it and we want to be told that the rumors and the gossip and the juicy, dainty little morsels that just make us feel. And I was kind of, thinking through like some of the reasons that in my life that I've gossiped, some reasons that I feel like other people have gossiped. I even heard some people tell me some reasons why they gossip. And here's a list of things that, that I found. That the sharing gossip, man, it kind of makes me feel important. Like I know a see like I know some information that is entertaining. Like I know some stuff that you want to know. And when somebody says, hey look, I gotta tell you something you can't tell anybody else. I feel like somebody, they're like, you chose me out of everybody to share that information, which is never true. But, but I mean, but like, like, I'm getting ready to get the ins, I'm getting the DL to download the inside scoop. I feel important. And when I find out something bad about somebody else, can I just be honest? Can, can I be honest with you if you'll be honest with me? Kind of makes me feel a little bit better about myself. You know what? Like when I find out something bad about somebody else, I'm like, you know what? I felt like I was pretty jacked up until I heard about them. Like, dang, I got it going on. Like, like, for, like they're messed up, not me. Like, I'm, like, I feel pretty good. When you hear something bad, it makes you feel better about yourself, doesn't it? Sure it does. Sometimes, man, and some people would just have just told me, and my life is so boring. Like, it's just kind of dry. And when I hear something juicy about somebody else, it's entertaining to me. Like, I enjoy hearing that stuff. Now, here's the thing about all of those reasons for gossip. There ain't a good one in the bunch. Because I'm entertained by somebody else's dysfunction. That's pretty twisted, isn't it? Now, that's coming from a pretty dark place, if you know what I'm saying. Like, when I feel good or I feel better about myself when I find out something bad about somebody else, come on. How, how dark do you have to be for that to be true? But it is. My life is so boring and dry and rid of excitement that I enjoy hearing about somebody else going through some junk or even some like bad, like how messed up do we have to be to enjoy gossip? But we do, don't we? Sure we do. 
So why does God hate gossip? Well, first of all, because it hurts his kids. It's about his kids. Y'all don't mess with somebody's kids. You just don't do it. And secondly, it's an evidence of the darkness that exists within each and every one of us. Doesn't it just make sense that God would hate it? God created us to be his children and to be in a loving relationship with him. Created us to be perfect way back when before Adam and Eve messed it all up. Like created us to be perfect. And now here we are, these dark people who love to hear about the juicy bad stuff going on with somebody else. It makes sense that God would hate it. Say, yeah, but Pastor Brown, I mean, everybody's doing it. Everybody engages in gossip. Yeah, I know. But we who are followers of Christ, we are who are God's children, are called to live life a little higher. We're called to a different standard. And just because everybody else does it doesn't mean that it's pleasing to God. And if it's not pleasing to him, then it shouldn't be pleasing to us. We just read the prayer earlier today, right? God, search me and find anything in me that offends you. I think it's safe to say that gossip offends our Heavenly Father. So here's what I want to do. I want to see if I can help us find these three questions that we can ask ourselves as it pertains to every conversation that we have with anybody. That if we answer these questions carefully concerning the conversations that we have, we can find the way to rid our lives of gossip. Here's the first one. Is my conversation helpful or hurtful? Are my conversations helpful or are they hurtful? A couple weeks ago, we talked about this man named Saul who said and did some pretty horrible things, saw the light, became a follower of Christ, was then the Apostle Paul, wrote a bunch of books in the New Testament. Here's one of the things that the Apostle Paul wrote in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29. Paul said, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and what? And be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Are my conversations good and helpful? Are they encouraging or are they hurtful? Let's go back to Solomon. This is what Solomon said, Proverbs 16, verses 27 and 28. Scoundrels create trouble. Their words are a destructive blaze, a troublemaker, Plants seeds of strife and gossip separates the best of friends. I mean, come on, let's, just, let's be honest with ourselves about the effects of gossip. Now, for me and, and my, as, as a pastor, I have to be very, I, there, I cannot be known as a gossip. I can't afford it. When, when, when some of, of you have, have come into my office and shared some of the, 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 the deeper secrets of your life, I, I'm entrusted with those things. And it would completely derail my ability to, to be an effective pastor if I was known as a gossip. But as I'm honest with myself and about some of my conversations, I've, I've seen, especially this week as I was preparing for this message, some areas in my life where I've allowed gossip to slip in almost completely unnoticed by me until I took a closer examination. Let me, let me tell you one of the ways that, that this happens to me the worst. Um, I love to disguise gossip in what I like to call a compliment sandwich. Right? Here's, here's how it works. Hey, hey, Pastor Brian, how do you feel about that dude that goes to church? Hey, man, solid guy. You know what? Le- learning, growing in Christ, doing some great things. I mean, 
I'm not really crazy about how he spends his money, and he probably he ain't really nice enough to his wife. And I mean, I, I, you know, I got he got caught stealing pins out of the back of the chairs at church. Like, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff I wouldn't trust him with. But hey, pretty solid guy, you know, pretty pretty decent guy. Right? So you got compliment, pretty solid dude. Then then you, you mix in the gossip. Then you slap another piece of compliment on the bottom, and it's all gravy, right? It, 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 just, it fits. Disguised in a compliment sandwich. Here, here's another way, and this is this is prevalent in churches all over the place. Gossip disguised as prayer meeting. Y'all been there. You've been there. You know. Right now, we we just started our connect groups last week. How many of y'all went to a connect group? All right, good. That's my way of calling out all of y'all who ain't got a hand raised. All right, connect groups. All right, you need to go. Now now that we are, we talk, we, we, every time we meet as a connect group, Right? We have a time of praying for one another and praying for other people that we're concerned about. Got to be careful because sometimes prayer requests kind of turn to this. Oh, y'all, y'all should have heard about so-and-so. Like she was over at her boyfriend's house. And like I went there at like 10 p.m. and her car was there. And I drove back by my way to work at 7, 7 a.m. and it was still there. I'm just telling y'all, she's mixed up with some pretty stuff. And I don't really know about this boy she's hanging out with. And I heard she's been embezzling stuff at work. And she's been stealing and all this other kind of, Y'all, we need to pray for her. And like before you know it, like you spent all your time talking about the stuff they did wrong, gossip, and no time praying, right? It's gossip disguised in the form of a prayer request. We got to be careful. Right, we we, we want to show love. We want to speak truth in Christ. We can't. We got to be careful that we don't disguise our gossip and try to. We try to put some Jesus on it and make it holy. It's not holy gossip. There's no such thing. It just doesn't happen. Got to be very careful that we don't we, got, we don't deceive ourselves and disguise gossip as something else. I heard this one. So I thought this was pretty funny. Yeah, but hey, it can't be gossip if it's true. Yes, it can. Like the Bible never sets the line of delineation at true or untrue as it pertains to gossip. The way it sets the line is helpful or hurtful. Everything you say must be true. But everything that is true doesn't have to be said. Whoo! Hashtag good preaching right there. Like... (laughs) I'm going to say it again so y'all can get it on Twitter. Everything you say must be true. But just because something is true doesn't mean that it must be said. Because the line of delineation was never true or untrue to determine if it's gossip. is whether it is helpful or hurtful. And I don't know about you, but I want to make sure that my words are always lifting people up and are encouraging instead of tearing people down. I don't know about y'all. I'm going to have a good time today. Y'all welcome to join in if you want. We're going to have some fun. All right. Are my conversations helpful or are they hurtful? Question number two. Am I making private matters public? Am I making private matters public? Proverbs 11, verses 12 and 13. Solomon said, It is foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps their trap shut. That's the new Pastor Brian edition, right? That's the new Pastor Brian version right there. A sensible person keeps quiet. A gossip goes around telling secrets. But those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. Listen, I've seen this so many times in in my, my few years in ministry now. 
some of the more sensitive situations that arise, some of the more some of the deepest hurts and the hardest troubles require a certain level of privacy for the two people or several people involved to be able to work through that and and go through the process of healing and restoration and redemption and all that other kind of stuff. But the minute that their conversations leave that setting and the privacy of their interaction between one another and become a matter of public viewing, the whole process is completely derailed. Because once somebody, y'all know where this happens the most, right? Facebook. Come on, this is better. Come on. Like, I'm stepping on everybody's toes. It's just going to happen. Like, it happens so often on Facebook where like a husband and wife, they're going through a difficult time. Maybe they're separated. And like there, there might be this, this glimmer of hope where the, the restoration could potentially take place. And then one of them gets mad and goes on Facebook or Twitter or somewhere else and posts this big, long rant, vent session or whatever. And now that everybody has seen how you feel about him and so-and-so or something he did or something she said or whatever, you can't take it back. Facebook is forever. Like it just, you can't. Take it back. It ain't written in pencil. It's forever. And in that moment, because you've taken a matter that was intended for private reconciliation, private healing, private redemption, and you make it public, it's too late. And I can't help but wonder how many marriages could have been put back together if it wasn't for Facebook. I'm not anti-Facebook. Like Facebook. I'm on it. Follow me. Whatever. We'll hang out. On, we'll, me and a group. I don't know. Whatever. Like, I'm not anti-Facebook. But we have to be careful that we don't take private matters and make them public. And we don't only do this to protect protect other people. This isn't just about protecting other people. This is also about protecting yourself. Right? Isn't that what Solomon said? A trustworthy person can keep a confidence. Look what else he said. Proverbs chapter 25 verses 9 and 10. Solomon said, when arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another person's secret. Others may accuse you of gossip, and you will never regain your good reputation. See, it's not only about protecting other people, but we want to be able to protect our reputation as a trustworthy person who can be trusted to keep a secret and to keep private matters private instead of making them public. Now, if I ain't got on your toes yet, I'm coming for you. I, like I wore, my, I wore my soft shoes today, so I don't want to hurt nobody. But I think this one may get all of us in the room. Right, I'm an equal opportunity offender. All right, here we go. Ready? Question number three. Am I permitting others to gossip? Am I permitting others to gossip to me. Look at, again, let's look at Solomon. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 4. Wrongdoers. Everybody say wrongdoers. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Who, who eagerly listens to gossip? Wrongdoers. That's, that's a good answer. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. Here's what that means. It is not only wrong to speak the gossip. It is also wrong to listen to the gossip. Because what you permit, you promote. 
Whew. Take that. All right. What you permit, you promote. And if you are listening to gossip, you are promoting it. If you listen to gossip, you are participating in. If you listen to gossip, you are facilitating an environment where something that God detests can take place. Wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. So here's what you and I have to do as believers, as children of God, as those called to a higher way of living. We've got to draw a line in the sand and say, I'm, just, I'm not going to allow that to take place around me. I, just, I can't. I can't afford to participate in what God says is detestable because what you permit, you promote. So how do we do it? Like, I mean, because I, I, want, I, want to be, I want to be really practical. All right, let me, give you, let me kind, of, kind of give you three ways. All right, here's three ways that we can get ourselves out of or exit ourselves away from conversations that aren't helpful and that are making p- private matters public. All right, here, here's how we get out of three ways. All right, I'm going to give you a, a, the loving way. All right, here's how you do it lovingly. I'm going to give you the, the really direct way. Be very forward, very direct. And I'm going to give you the one that's got a little attitude. All right, so like, how many people want to hear the loving way? All right, so loving, all right, not a whole lot of loving people in the house today. That's awesome. We're at church. Great. All right, how many people would say, I, I'd prefer to be direct? I want to be direct. All right, a few more. How many say attitude? Like, I want to do it with some, yeah, I'm going to put some stank on it. That's right. All right, good. All right, so, so here we go. Here's, here's the loving way. All right, hey, 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 look, man, if they knew that we were talking about them right now, like, I, I think they'd be hurt. And, regardless of what kind of friend they've been to me, I want to be a good friend to them. So I'm, I'm going to have to ask you to stop. It's loving, right? It's pretty good. All right, here's, here's the direct way. Direct way says, hey, look, if you got a problem with them, you should go to them. Why are you talking to me? That very, very direct. And you can even Jesus you. Can you can throw some Jesus on it, right? Jesus said, Matthew 18. You can quote some scripture. People hate it when you quote scripture and put them in their place. I know, I do it all the time, it's fun. All right, so Matthew 18, 15. Jesus said, if you got a problem with somebody, you should go to them, so I think you should go to them. All right, now, we got a room full of white people, <laughs> primarily. So the attitude thing's gonna be a little bit difficult because we, we, white people don't do this very well. We, we can't, because you gotta do it with the head bob. If you can't, if you can't, you gotta do it. Like, I'm not very good at it, too white. Like, I'm, I'm working on it, right? I got, I got, some, I got some people that are helping me. Here's how you do it with the attitude. All right, you got, everybody do like this. You got you to get the head wobble. Let me see it. You got you to you move it. You got to wiggle it. Just wiggle it. Like you got to, just a little bit. All right, you got to, and this way, hey, this is, how, this is what you say. You got to knock it off. You, you, you got you to knock it off. Because here's what I know. If you will gossip to me, you will gossip about me. That's right. Like here's what I know. You got to quit. I ain't going to listen to it. Because if you're going to gossip to me, I know you gossip about me. I ain't having it. Right? Like that, that's how you do it. You got you to rub a little stank or you got to get some attitude into it. If that's how you choose to do it. All right, listen, we're, 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 having, we're having some fun, but, but here's the reality. All right. Maybe, maybe you're thinking, hey, so Pastor Ron, are you telling me that there is no situation ever in which I can talk about somebody who's not there? No, I'm not saying that at all. You can talk good about somebody all you want when they're not there. You can brag and brag and brag and brag all you want about somebody. And there are are some situations and occasions 
where we can talk about somebody who is not present. But those situations, listen to me, they are extremely rare. They are extremely rare. I have a couple of rules that I like to share with you on how I determine when I can and when I cannot talk about somebody else who is not there. These are my rules. I think they'd be very good rules for you, but you can, you can make up your own rules as long as you follow the three questions that we've already talked about. Here's the rules that I, that I have for myself. When I or somebody else is saying something constructive about the person that I would also say if they were present. Now, I want you to, in your mind's eye, underline or highlight the word constructive. Because some of y'all heard me say that, and this is what you just said to yourself. Oh, I said it to their face if they was here too. Like, I don't even, no. has to, see, there's the attitude again. You got, like, I, I even, I even did it. I didn't mean to. Like, just, my head started wiggling when I started, like, it has to be constructive, which, which leads me to rule number two. Here, here's how it's constructive. When everybody involved in this conversation wants to help the individual that being, that's being talked about, you have to want to help them. If you're only there for the dirt and the juicy gossip and the rumor and the, oh, I know something that some of everybody else don't know, if that's, if that's the only interest that you have in being in the conversation and not the help or benefit of the person being talked about, then that is gossip and should be removed from your life. It has to be from the perspective of wanting to get somebody help. Let me, let me give you a couple of examples, right? Like if, if somebody needs an intervention into their life because they've got some kind of addiction problem, and you and somebody else can say, look, we've got to get them some help before they destroy their lives. That's an opera, that is a situation in which you may begin to, to talk about somebody who isn't there. It's constructive. I'd say it in front of them, hey, you need some help and you need to, you need to get yourself into rehab. Right, we, we did. We just started connect groups. And if, if, if me and a bunch of other men in, in, in my group find out that one of the other men in our group were cheating on his spouse... It is my responsibility as a brother in Christ to stand in the gap and say, hey, the only, the only way that you're going to be with somebody else that isn't your wife is by me. The only way you're getting to somebody that isn't your wife is through us. Like we're, we're here to help you not do something that's going to destroy your life. If somebody that you know is walking away from God, then maybe you and somebody else could get together and say, hey, look, here's, here's a situation. We need, to, we need to do something to help direct our friend back to their relationship with God because we see the destructive tendencies in their life and we want to help them. It's when your conversation is constructive and when everybody involved wants to help. Those are the only two times or two criteria that should exist for you to ever talk about somebody negatively who isn't present. And here's why. Here's why this is such a big deal. Here's the the truth that you and I have to embrace. If if I was going to summarize everything that I'm talking about here this morning and everything that we've read and all the things that Solomon said, here's what I believe. That your words matter. Your words matter matter. They make a difference. Words are powerful and what you say matters. Look at Matthew chapter 12 verses 36 and 37. It says, and I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. Then he gets really in our face. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. 
Words are powerful. Words have the ability to give life and death. I don't know about you, but for me, I always want to be caught speaking well of others because I am a person that is for people, not against them. I want my words to always be building up and lifting up, not tearing down. I want to be part of the solution, not part of the problem. I want to believe the best about people instead of always assuming the worst. And the more depraved condition we see our nation fall into, the harder that gets. But man, I think that as believers, we're called to see the best in people. God does. God saw the best in us and chose to save us through the gift of his son. The Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. We, we, we didn't get cleaned up first and then God said, okay, I'll save them now. No, while we were still as bad as we could be, Christ died for us. You see, ultimately, I reflect. I was created in the image of a God who is a speaking God. And I want to speak what he speaks, which is life and truth. It was God who, who spoke creation into being. He spoke life into motion. And as I am created in his image, I should also be speaking the things that give life and bring truth, that restore and heal, that build up and not tear down. Right? We, we are the banner carriers and the message carriers of something called the gospel. You know what the gospel, you know what gospel means? It means good news. Like we should be the ones who are telling, who are speaking good news. And we can't do that if we're gossiping. We're the message carriers of the good news. So here's what, what I want all of us to do in this moment. I'm going to ask you just bow your heads. Close your eyes. Not when I'm not trying to create some weird spiritual churchy moment. I, I just want you to be able to focus for a minute and to think back through your life, even this week, about the conversations that you've had. And then ask yourself the three questions that we found in God's Word today. Have my conversations been helpful or hurtful? Have, have they built up or torn down? This week, did I take anything that was a private matter and make it public? Did, did I share something that wasn't mine to share? And lastly, have I participated in this week any environment, any situation where somebody else was saying something that was hurtful or where they were saying something that should have been left private and I participated in it? And as we reflect on that, let's make this commitment together. Father God, help us. God, guard our hearts and our minds, and God, guard our mouths. Help us to be your mouthpiece, always speaking truth and things that are helpful, not things that are hurtful. God, help us to be mindful of things that should remain private so that healing and restoration can take place. God, equip us with the tools necessary to resist the temptation to participate in something that we know you hate. God, may today serve as a, 
a light that shines deeply into us, God, so that we can see every area where we failed to get this right. And God, we thank you that even in our imperfection, that you love us, that you forgive us, and that through your son, Jesus Christ, we can be made new, even though we fail so many times. God, we love you and we thank you for the truth of your word. It is our prayer now, God, that our commitments today would begin to affect change in the people that we interact with every single day, and that they may come to know your truth, your love, your mercy, and your grace. God, help us. We pray it all in the name of your son, Jesus, our Savior. Amen.